you want to just look at what your savings, what your expenses, and then how long would it take me to deplete those savings? And then take a second to think about, am I okay with that? Everyone's got a different risk profile. It's got a different tolerance for risk. And so some people might say, I'm good with a three-month emergency fund or savings because I know that I'll figure something out in three months. But for me, you know, I'm a little bit more risk adverse. Three months would not make me feel comfortable. Welcome to School of Success, the podcast that will help you reach your goals and become the success story you've always dreamed of. Join us on our journey as we explore the strategies, tools, and tactics needed to build health, wealth, and personal development. Together, we'll uncover the secrets to living life to its fullest with host Brandon Hicks. So let's get started and make your dreams come true. Welcome back to another episode of School of Success. In the last episode, we touched on starting that plan for exiting your W-2. That was setting your intention, writing it down in the morning and night and visualizing the feeling of leaving. It was also about getting the right support structure and the community around you to support you in leaving your job. And lastly, some resources to further support you. Today, I wanted to touch on more about the financial perspective of leaving your job and some of the things you want to consider leading up to and after leaving your job. And also a concept that to Ferris talks about called fear setting. So from a financial perspective, you're going from having this steady, consistent paycheck to all of a sudden not having that. One thing to keep in mind is that banks look at W-2 income as kind of a safe and secure, steady thing that they are willing to lend on. So if you were to go apply for a car loan or a mortgage and they see that you've got this W-2 income for the last two, three, four years, that looks like a very safe situation for them that they can lend you the money on your house, your car, or whatever it is. Once you don't have that, banks don't tend to want to lend to you, even if you're making a lot more money on your business. And I've heard many stories of this where an investor will be making $100,000 a year in their W-2, they leave, and then they're making a million dollars a year in their business. They had been growing it for many years, and now all of a sudden they have a business as producing million dollars a year, they're taking home a lot more money than they were when they were working their W-2 job. And they have a harder time getting lending from a bank and actually can't than in their previous financial situation where they're making a lot less money. It's just the nature of the way banks do their underwriting. They see W-2 income as very stable and secure, even though you can get laid off tomorrow and things could change, but that's just the way they see it. So it's something very important to keep in mind because as you want to leave, you want to be thinking about, are you happy in the home that you're in? Or are you in an apartment and you were looking to get into a home and you're going to need a mortgage? If that is the case, you're going to want to do that before you leave your job because you probably aren't going to get access afterwards. A great example of this was I was actually applying for a home equity line of credit before leaving my job. My goal was just to have access to the equity in my home. I didn't know exactly how I wanted to use that equity, whether it was to be making investments, but I just wanted it to be available. Unfortunately, the timing did not work out 
out for me. I ended up exiting my job before the home equity line of credit closed and I had to disclose that, that my job situation had changed. And although it was a loan on the equity in my home and I had more assets between my retirement and bank accounts and everything to cover the home equity line of credit, they said, no, we're not going to issue this anymore because you don't have the job. So that's just something you want to be aware of before you leave. And then aside from loans and lines of credit and things like that, you also want to be thinking about what are your current expenses? A great thing that everyone should be doing is budgeting or at least understanding their expenses. So for me, I use Mint. Dot com. I have all my expenses go through there. So I have a very good understanding of how much I spend for each category, food, utilities, housing, car, gas, insurance. So I have a very good understanding and I have that over many years. Now you don't need to use mint.com, although that is a free option. I used to use Excel. I used to have my own tracker in Excel and every weekend I would make sure that I updated it. Mint just makes it easy because it ties into all of your accounts. But because of that, I'm able to see how stable those expenses are. And I can go back and say, okay, what was my average over the last six months? And that's what I ended up doing. So using Mint, I was able to look at my previous expenses over a period of time. And I chose to look at about a six month window. So I looked at my past six months and said, what is my average spend each month? Really looking at the total. And I thought about the last six months, was it pretty standard for me or were there any anomalies? Was there any reason why it would be biased to the low side or high? And so I thought about that, looked through each of the expenses and said, okay, yes, we went on a vacation, but I do want to continue going on a vacation here and there. So we're going to leave this in here. But you want to look at your expenses and see, is this pretty typical? And if it is, that would be a good metric for you to use going forward. Let's say your monthly expenses are $10,000 a month. And then you say, okay, I expect nothing's going to change going forward. So I should be expecting to spend about $10,000 a month. And why do you want to be considering your expenses? Well, if your side hustle is not producing enough money to cover your expenses, then you are going to be depleting or cutting into your savings. And that's where the term runway or financial runway comes into play. So if your side hustle that you've been working on establishing is growing, but it's not enough to replace your expenses, then you're going to be playing this game of growing your side hustle while you're spending money. And you want to make sure that you don't run out of money. That's the runway. You don't want to run out of money before your side hustle can cover your expenses. It's a relatively easy calculation to make, but you're looking at how much money do I have in the bank? That is my safety net, my emergency fund that I am willing to work off of. And what are my monthly expenses? So as to make this simple, let's say you have $120,000 in savings and you spend about $10,000 a month. So your expenses are about $10,000 a month and you have a hundred and $20,000 in savings. So if you spend $10,000 a month for 12 months, that's $120,000. So if you made no money this year, you would expect to be at $0 by the end of the year and you'd be looking for a job. So this is the calculation that you need to be doing. I ended up using Excel. Excel would be a great tool for this. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, but you just want to look at what your total savings is and what your monthly spend is. And if you have any income coming in from your side hustle, then that would of course offset your expenses. But you want to just look at what your savings, what your expenses, and then how long would it take me to deplete those savings? And then take a second to think about, am I okay with that? 
everyone's got a different risk profile. It's got a different tolerance for risk. And so some people might say, I'm good with a three-month emergency fund or savings because I know that I'll figure something out in three months. But for me, you know, I'm a little bit more risk adverse. Three months would not make me feel comfortable. I think my runway was something on the order of 24 months. So it was two years for me to figure out how to replace my income. And so I took that in mind with my real estate side hustle and the amount of money that I've made there and said, okay, realistically, you're going to make X amount of money over this period of time. So really you've got quite a bit of runway, two to three years. You're a smart person. You'll figure it out between now and then. You've got your entire day available to you now that you don't have a job. And now we're talking about two to three years. If you can't figure out how to overcome this in a period of two to three years, then we're doing something wrong. But at the same point, you're not going to just do this for three years without picking your head up and saying, where am I, right? You're going to have checkpoints, whether it's every month, every quarter, but you can always be looking at how much money did I spend? How much money do I have left? What's my runway? You reevaluate and see how am I feeling about this? And that's where, again, if you're starting to get nervous, this is where you would want to lean into your community and say, hey, things aren't progressing as quickly as I thought. Does anybody have any recommendations? Am I worrying about nothing? Am I letting fear creep in? And that, I guess, would bring us to fear setting, which is this process that Tim Ferriss talks about in the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, which is just listing out everything that you're afraid of, anything that you think could go wrong. One that comes up, and it sounds like it's an extreme example, but it's really not. It's if I leave my job, I'm afraid that I will be homeless. After a year of trying to figure out how to make money on my own that I don't make any money and I end up homeless. And that's certainly not a situation that anybody really wants to find themselves in. So that's something to be afraid of. But then when you go through this fear setting process, you are evaluating the likelihood of each of these fears or these scenarios and then coming up with backup plans and solutions, which ultimately allows you to overcome that fear. And one, either realize that it is not that likely, or if it is likely, you have a backup plan and now you know how to handle it and you're not trying to figure that out when the time comes. So, okay, what's the likelihood that I run out of all of my money and I lose my house and I end up homeless? For me, that was a one out of 10 or probably even a zero out of 10. And why would I say that? Because I have a college degree. I worked 10 years in engineering and I made a lot of great connections at different companies. And I know that they would welcome me back at those companies or at the very least provide recommendations for me if I needed to apply for another job. So let's say I could always find another job as an engineer if I needed to. Maybe I don't want to be looking for another engineering job, but there are plenty of jobs out there that I could find. So those are really the backup plans. So kind of just reiterating that. So the fear is what if I lose all my money? The likelihood in my mind of losing all of my money is a one. And the reason for that is that I'm planning to do quarterly reviews where, like I already talked about, I look at my expenses, make sure those are on track, trim any extra expenses that are not serving me that I don't need, looking at the savings that I have at that point, what is my runway, given the amount of money that I've been spending the last three to six months, and where am I at today with the savings, that will tell me what my runway is. And then looking at 
real estate investing? How much money have I made from that? If I'm not happy with the results, is there any pivots that I need to make? And then taking a step back and saying, okay, this is a situation that I'm in today. Am I comfortable with the remaining runway that I have? If I'm not comfortable with that, I can then lean on my engineering community, the people that I built relationships with over the last decade, and I can apply for jobs at those companies, or I can apply for jobs at other companies and request recommendations from the engineers that I've worked with. Or even if I don't want to go into engineering, I could, of course, apply to other jobs in the area. Maybe I just want to have a place that's local to me so I have a shorter commute so that I can still continue putting time into my business. And so there's a lot of options there. So just right there, I rattled off a handful of backup plans that could serve me and help me through this situation. So that's the process of fear setting. You list out all of the fears that you have of everything that could go wrong. Then you assess the likelihood and come up with backup solutions. And then you generally what you'll find is that the fears are pretty unlikely or unfounded and are things that you really don't need to worry about. But the nice thing is now that you've laid it out on a piece of paper or on the computer and you can see them right there and say, yeah, the likelihood of that is really a one or a two. Like this is not something that I should spend any time thinking about. Even in the unlikely chance that it does become a reality, I already have two to five backup plans ready to go that I can execute on. And that should give you comfort knowing that you've already figured this out so that if you do run into this, you know exactly what to do as opposed to running into this a year from now and being really in a state of fear or panic and then saying, what do I do? And then making a decision that maybe is not the best one for you. So really you want to be running that financial analysis. What are your expenses? What is the amount of money that you have saved up that you're willing to dip into? And what is the income that you have from your side hustle? Combining those three, you can see how much time you have if you haven't hit financial freedom yet. And then doing that fear setting exercise. I just went through this and I'm doing this actively. If you are looking for help in figuring out what that runway is, reach out to me. I'd love to help you out. Hey, I appreciate you listening to another episode of School of Success. I'm committed to helping others reach their full potential. So if you found value, please leave a five-star rating and review. With that, we can reach more people and help make their dreams come true.